thoughts, ideas, people, caravan maintenance, trundle beds. What's that plastic thing doing down there? Shut up, Renee. Quiche. Niche. Niche's quiche. Here's Sam Simmons. Oh, 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 hey, I'm podcasting blind. Yeah, I'm podcasting blind. Not um, alcohol, but I, I left all my cables behind. I don't know what history of things I can put in there and little sound bites, but I hope you're doing good and you're feeling happy. Um, and sorry the podcast is late, but it, I don't know, no one listens to this like, just go, oh, it's out, quick listen. It's not like um, when they put episodes of things you love up on um, whatever the shows are that you love on binge or whatever. They're one about the mushroom headed people. Love that show. Um, yeah, I'm in Adelaide. So that's really, no- it's been really, really nice. It's a, it's just such a great city. I was really, I was a bit worried about coming this year, whether I felt, you know, good enough in the head to be away from family and stuff, but it's been really, really nice. My little girl's joining me on the weekend. Um, and I'm really excited about that because she's going to be, this is so exciting for her. Um, and she's so she's so pumped. She's flying on the plane uh, uh, by herself. It's the unaccompanied minor. Um, so, so it's where your basically mum drops her off on, on one side of the plane, so that you know she sees her go through the door with um, you know an air steward, and they meet the pilot and all that type of stuff, and they sit down, hopefully not next to someone dodgy, but yeah, I think they look after them pretty well. And then on the other side, when the plane door opens, dad's there. Unbelievable. She's going to be like a bloody little international traveller, even though it's just to Adelaide. It's just so cute. So set up with her little, um, with her little bloody tablet, not like a drug, the, the, the thing you look at the screen. Um, and she can watch a little movie or something on there and eat some chips. And then she gets to Adelaide, gets to hang out with Dada. I'm so excited. I actually do miss her. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's been a bloody, it's been a, a wild weekend because I'm trying to bed in. And the reason why I have been late with the potty is because uh, I'm trying to bed in a new show and it's a complex show. Like, it's not like, I think the last few years I've really been a bit slack with my output with live shows. Um, and this year I'm like, no, I'm going to take on a concept. It's called content and I've really invested a lot of time into it. And it's a, I've got to say, like for an audience at 9.30 at night, and I don't you, like people listening to this, they've probably got no idea what um, Adelaide Fringe is like. The Adelaide Fringe is, it's wild. So where I perform is at the Garden of Unearthly Delights. Um, and it's just like a full on party. And there's like, you know, bumper cars and Ferris wheels and bloody people screaming and manically drunk people. So they're up for a really good party time, you know. And then like, so if you come there with a concept show, they can get a bit like, oh, fucking hell, what's going on here? Um, So yeah, it's been, there's been some challenging parts of the show. But overall, like, you know, the show's, I mean, the show's, I think the show is magnificent. It's not ready yet. But it's near. It's getting there. It's. I mean, a show is always a work in pre- progress. You never, you never finish a live show until you never perform it again. You're always doing new things within the show. So I'm working on it every day. It's, this is my favourite thing to do at the moment: is to lay down a new live show and just let it all fall into place. So it's been really. Oh, it's, I just love it. This is my. Um, yeah, this is my 
my happy place right now. So yeah, really, really cool. And um, yeah, just wandering the streets, but beautiful warm weather. It's just nice to be out of the humidity of Sydney and it's all dusty and dry. I tell you what guys, like if, you, if you've never been to Adelaide Fringe before, and you're interstate, you are absolutely missing out. I would not try and book a flight now though, because they are ludicrously expensive. I can't believe that it's, this country is absolutely uh, fucked up when it comes to air travel. It makes no sense at all that it costs less money to get to Bali or to Bangkok than it does to fly to Alice Springs or Darwin or Broome. I just don't understand how that works. But anyway, yeah, it's just so cost prohibitive. So I'm flying my uh, my daughter in just for two days. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm just gonna tell you how much it costs. I'm disgusted by this. 700 bucks return. That's outrageous. I mean, I should have booked it ages ago, but yeah, anyway. Um, and that, you know, that, that hurts. Like times are tough, guys. Times are fucking tough. Um, speaking of, that's uh, Patreons. Thank you, Patreons. That always helps with the pain of um, stuff. But you are all getting tea towels. You're getting tea towel merch, which is probably costing me more than what I'm getting on Patreon. <laughs> but I want to show my love and give it back to you because, uh, yeah, it's I, I really appreciate it. And I hope you're in for the long haul because I want to keep doing this. Well, I will keep doing this podcast, even if it is late sometimes. doesn't matter. It's still going to come out. Um, anyway, so, yeah, it's been a few weeks at school for loons. Uh, my little girl, which is really... Oh my, I've had so much stuff happen as well. Hang on. I'll get into that in a minute. But um, this is... Uh, by the way, I don't know what um, little sound bites are going to drop in. So maybe I'll just drop one in now, nice and early. Something silly and fun. Uh, hopefully I can find it in here somewhere. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I hope you like it. Here we go. Let's have a little listen to this and I'll come back with a ridiculous story. Today's world is full of things. But where did they come from? And how did they begin? Sam Simmons, the precise history of things. You know, I'm hungry, but I don't know what I feel like. How about a magical place with food from all over the world? There's no such place. Yes, there is. The International Food Court. The International Food Court! There's just so much food to choose from. I reckon there must be food from every country in the world here. I think today I'm going to... China! Mr Wang's Bamboo Village! What if I feel like a curry? Then grab yourself a vindaloo from Get It India. Get It India? That's hilarious. That's because people from different countries are hilarious, Sam. The International Food Court. I think I feel like some Argentinian food. Well, they don't have that. Why not get a chicken schnitzel roll? So what country is that from? Germany. This is like the United Nations, but with sports. So what else happens at the food court? Take a look to silver there behind the pump and got no hair. Yeah. Food court pedophile, yeah! yeah. Every shopping centre's got one. They normally hang out near the kids' rides. That's disgusting. I know. Sam Simmons, the precise history of things. I don't know what that was, but I hope you really liked it. Liked it. Um, okay, so this is on my sat my Saturday morning in Adelaide. They have um, scooters, like they're um, those little e-scooter things. Uh, but you know those electric scooters, you can hire them. Um, I think it was twenty six dollars to hire one for at 
uh, for the week at any time. And I'm, I'm staying in a hotel that's all the way over the other side of town. So it's cost effective, you know, because um, it's a, Adelaide's a big city when it turns to like the CBD. It's a lot of walking. They walk way too wide here, by the way. They've just got a real wide berth going on because the footpaths are really, really wide. So they walk wide. And I find it really, it's hard to get around them. If there's t- a couple, a lot of obesity in Adelaide as well, but not judging, but you know, uh, anyway. A lot of uh, bulk, buying bulk meat from Bilo, which uh, no one will really get that unless you're from Adelaide. But uh, Bilo is the, um, God, I think Bilo is like the original Aldi. It's even it's even cheaper than no than black and gold and no frills. It's like one less. It's a real, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, anyway, a lot of wide berth and going on in Adelaide. Uh, so anyway, Saturday morning, I'm going to the Adelaide Central Market, great, greatest market in the world. I'm just going to F around with my microphone here. It feels like it's really hot. Is it hot? That feels like a hot mic. Hot mics means it's uh, too, now that's a bit better. There you go. I think that's better. Anyway, so um, Saturday morning and I was on one of my little scooter and I was heading off to the Adelaide Central Market to get myself some produce. Uh, and I did, I got myself my reed avocados, which I love. I will keep talking about the reed avocado. They need to replace the Haas. The Haas avocado, no good. Um, they're, most, most of the time they're rotten um, and they're not buttery of flavor. But if you look, if you don't know what a reed avocado is, hopefully they're still in season where you are. They, they're about the size of a mango. They're quite round, uh, like about the size of a, a softball. And um, they've got smooth, shiny skin, and they are, um, oh my God. They're, they're like avocados. They taste like avocados when you first tasted an avocado. And you're like, oh my God, what is this? Anyway, they're absolutely delicious. They're buttery. Can someone back me up on this, by the way, and send me an email? SamNishesQuiche at gmail.com. If you do know what I'm talking about with the reed avocado, they are unbelievably delicious. Oh my God. Anyway, um... Yeah, so anyway, I was on my, on my scooter, heading off to get my reed avocados and my other like little produce and things and stuff from uh, the central market. And out of nowhere, <laughs> oh, there's a few ways this story is going to go. Okay, so out of nowhere, a bloke stood up, a drunk man. So there was three drunk guys sitting on a park bench and he came out of nowhere and he threw a rock. He threw a rock at me. It missed. But I swerved to avoid the rock and came off my scooter and I'd hit the bitumen. And like really hard. Like I've, I've fucked up my fingers. They're massive and um, I've sprained my fingers. I've got scabs all over me. Huge scab on my shoulder. My shoulder's really hurt. Now, this is where it gets interesting because the two other blokes that were drunk that were on the bench with him ran out immediately to help me. Because there was no one around. There's no traffic. It was Saturday morning. And they ran out and went, oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I just looked at him and I went, he threw a rock at me. Um, now, now this is where I tell you that these guys were all um, indigenous guys. So, and the guy who threw the rock was laughing, <laughs> and I started laughing because it was kind of funny. Like, look at it this way: you're three indigenous blokes sitting on a park bench. Then you see some wanker, even though I am Danish, Aboriginal, Nova Scotian, French Jew, and you know I don't really, you know, put it out there. And I do. I just look like, like a Turkish man. I look like a Greek. Anyway, so they're just sitting there on a bench. This guy's. Pl- I mean, I don't think he he didn't throw the rock out of. Um, rage or malice, he just was drunk and just threw a rock. Like, it was just, he was mucking around. Uh, and anyway, so he's laughing, he looked at me, but the thing is, the reason why he would have thrown a rock at me is because he's looked up and he's seen some bloke that looks like a Turkish guy, and I was, I was wearing a salmon, a salmon, um, like, kind of like a, a salmon, what do you call those shirts with a little collar and a bloody, um, uh, like, like, like a Lacoste shirt. 
what are those shirts called? You know what I mean? Like, but you know, like not with the collar up, but basically, I look like a real. Um, I look like a yuppie. Um, if a yuppie is still a thing, God, I haven't said yuppie in. No, no one said yuppie or thought of yuppies in years. We should bring yuppies back. Yuppies. Anyway, um, yeah, he's, he would have looked up and just seen this idiot-looking Turkish man in a salmon, um, in a salmon yuppie shirt just zip past on a on a moped. I would have thrown a rock at me as well. Anyway, I tried telling this story that night. Uh, on stage in Adelaide, and I mentioned it, and I said I think it was really racist what happened, and um, everyone went ooh, like, and I said because, um, you know, this Aboriginal bloke's throwing a rock at me. That's quite, you know, that's you know, that, that that's kind of harking back to an old stereotype about Aboriginal people, and you know, boomerang throwing and rock throwing, and everyone's like oh, and I said that's as bad as like you know if you just walked into a Chinese restaurant and someone's wearing one of those pointy hats. Um, anyway, they didn't like that. So it didn't come from a, it doesn't come from a racist place. You know, if anything, it's reverse racism in a way. Um, but yeah, anyway, if you are offended out there right now, fuck, switch off. Um, but yeah, I th- it was, it was really awful because I'm covered in scabs. Um, I got a story out of it and it was funny. Like, I've got to say it was funny. Um, it wasn't scary. It was just because in the moment it was just like, oh no, there's a rock coming at me. Get out of the way. Um, and I don't think he's doing that all the time. So don't, no outrage here. I know it's a really dangerous thing to be doing. Um, but yeah, he was just drunk. And his mates would have fully told him off because they were really scared that I was going to call the cops and stuff like that. But um, anyway, it's not the first time I've had an incident, uh, a road incident. Um, <laughs> this is so wrong. The second part of this is really fucked up as well. I, I don't know whether I should tell you this. Okay, I'm going to do it. Anyway, right, so... Uh, I got knocked off my bike uh, probably a year ago in Sydney. It was a hit and run uh, in broad daylight. Again, a Saturday morning. I'm riding my bike and a guy came too close to me on the road. I shouldn't have been probably on the road because it was a really busy road, but this guy did, obviously didn't understand the traffic rules. He Anyway, so he knocked me off my bike. Uh, luckily, and, then, and he, then he drove off. And I saw him. I saw what he looked like because he was right next to me in the car. Um knocked me off the bike and then luckily someone took a photo of his license plate. I was all cut up and stuff again and I went to the police station around the corner and I gave them his details, uh, his license plate number and stuff like that and they said, can you describe the guy? And this is again, far out, here we go, we're getting into some racial territory again. Oh jeez, I can't, I don't know whether I should tell you this story. Um, Anyway, so they said, can you describe and I went, yeah. He was a black African guy, um, and they were like, okay, yep, and uh, what was he wearing? And I said, kind of like a, a burgundy Swahili shirt. Um, you know, like those kind of like um, African shirts with the uh, colours on them, so it was burgundy, and it had some, uh, in my mind, and it had some flecks of azure and blue and yellow in it, and like traditional kind of like um, African shirt. And they went, okay, so they, they, they rang out, found out the details. The guy did then come into the police station, and they asked me if I wanted to press charges. Now, this is where it gets really wrong. He wasn't wearing an um, African Swahili shirt at all. He was just wearing a red T-shirt. But in my mind, I built up a profile about this guy, which and I'm the least racist human on the... On, well, probably not the least racist human on the planet. I don't know who that is. How do you measure that? Um, but I think, I think that I'm definitely, definitely, definitely not, not, not racist in any way. Um, but I'd build up this profile in my head from seeing an African black man that he was wearing a, a fucking traditional Swahili shirt. What is wrong with me? Anyway, it was a red t-shirt and I met him and he was actually a really lovely guy. <laughs> Again, 
Um, and I didn't press charges, but I did ask him to pay for my iPod earbud because um, one of my earbuds got uh, uh, driven over by a truck or something. It was all smashed into the road. So he bought me a, a new earbud um, to replace the other earbud. Anyway, it doesn't matter that it was squashed. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it, what your brain does in those moments. Like, what an awful place I went to in my mind where I built up a racial... I mean, I might as well have just said he was wearing a, you know, an ostrich feather necklace and, you know, was uh, carrying a bloody, I don't know, an Uzi or a spear. Jesus. Anyway, um, God damn it. Is it. I don't know how wrong that story was or it wasn't. Or this is a very good podcast, this one. It's somewhere in between. All right, I'm going to play you something now. Don't know what it is. Hope you like it. Once upon a time, there lived a boy named Clayton. Clayton was special, not in a way, but more like in a Clayton way. Clayton. But Clayton was no ordinary boy, for he had super magical powers when harnessing the elements of fire, metal, cardboard and Christmas. By the power of Christmas! When then Clayton would turn into the super mecha human robot, Claytron. I am Claytron with the most super terrible fantastic fun powers. Episode 5. Haberdashery. Clayton and Clayton's mum, Clayton's mum, is trying to dress him for school. Oh, mum! I don't want to wear that! But you look so good in little shorts and whatnot. Oh, don't want to! I hug my junk all weird. Your junk looks great. Stop looking at my junk, mum. As Clayton was being dressed for school, Rowan, Clayton's cousin, was preparing to come over for a play date. Play date. I can't wait to play with Clayton on the play date. Playing in Clayton's date. Play date. Sam, can you stop packing the episodes with sexual innuendo? Yeah, I'll be sexual in your end though. Okay, stop that right now. Who are you? I'm Margaret from the ABC Board of Ethics. Yeah, the ABC Board of Sex Dicks. That's not even funny. Yeah, it is if you replace a word with f like smuggle cock and fickle pie. That's terrible, Sam. Hey! What happened to this week's episode of Playtron? I think it's inside Plastic Roy. Who's Plastic Roy? I'm Plastic Roy. Well, why do they call you Plastic Roy? Because I ate a frisbee. Why did you eat a frisbee? Because I love frisbee. Sam, please stop it. Okay. Playtron! What was that? Um, let me know if it was any good or not. And do please keep your emails coming in. Keep your emails coming in. They really make me so happy to read them. Like I get so many nice messages and it's, yeah, it's a joy. Look, it's, and also like just people in Adelaide coming up to me on the street and saying things to me, really, really nice of you. Did have a weird moment last night. So my, what I do after my show normally is I go and have uh, one beer. And I mean it, one beer, I'm really, really, really good. And not every night, um, but on Sunday night after the run, I was like, okay, I've done three nights in a row. I went off and had a beer at the pub. And I had a very, um, very emotional exchange with a drunk woman. And she told me everything. Oh God, she told me everything. Um, and I hope you're okay. Uh, it, was a, it was a lot, it was a lot. Um, and I left promptly, but I love ya. And I hope you're doing okay. But yes, um, yeah, look, you know. Uh, yeah, maybe send me an email about that stuff. Sam, Nisha's kiss at Gmail. 
What is this? What is this? What is this? It's turning into a mental health care service. It really is. Hey, speaking of the Silly Billy Walk, I don't know when it's going to happen. I did say the 19th of March. I don't think you can be the 19th of March because there's too much going on in life. And I really want to make this thing proper. Oh, by the way, whilst I'm here, Mike Cannon, Brooks, Brooks, where are you? I need your support, Mike Cannon, Brooks, Brooks, Brooks. Um, anyway, I will get in contact with you one day and you are going to get on board with the Silly Billy Walk because it's going to be sensational. And it is going to happen soon. I just need a little bit more work and time to make this thing proper. Okay, where was I? Yes, I had something in my mind, but it's gone away. Something in my mind and it just fucked off. It's something in my mind and it's gone away. Um, anyway, it's gone away. That's fine. Um, speaking of like drunk ladies, um, I had a great exchange in a lift the other day. So fellow, fellow clown Will Anderson is staying at the same hotel as me. Uh, in Adelaide, and there are a group of, it seemed like a hen's party or not, just like a cheeky girls from the Central Coast trip to Adelaide. And Will and I happened to be in the lift at the same time, and they all got in the lift, and then, this is always a way to make yourself feel good about your career, by the way, and I, you know, there is ego involved and narcissism, um, but the girls got in there like, oh my God, Will, you're so much taller than what we imagined. And then they said, well, you, we were at your show last night, we loved it. And they were like, yeah, let's get a photo. And then one of them just said, hey, Sam, you should be in it too. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not going to be in it. I'll take the photo if you'd like. It was really, and I did, I ended up taking the photo. But it is one of those humbling moments where you're just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're probably not my audience, but that's okay. <laughs> it's pretty, it was pretty cute though. They were very nice ladies. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, so Luna, this week, this was heartbreaking. Oh, Kids. Why are kids so cruel? Luna was sitting outside at recess and a, boo, a bird pooed on her leg. Uh, so she got bird poo on her leg and then all the other kids went, ah, bird poo leg. And she got teased about it. And then no one would sit next to her in class because she was known as bird poo leg. Oh, it's heartbreaking. So I'm hoping over the weekend the kids forgot about it because you just don't want that stuff to stick as a nickname forever. Kids, so honest, so cruel. I mean, I would have joined... <laughs> Even the teacher was like, you know, it's lucky to, you know, have a bird poo land on you. By the way, um, my deep dive this week, deep dive this week uh, involves birds. It's a great story. Oh my goodness! I only heard a little bit about the story on um, local radio the other day, and I was like, oh, I'm switching off now. I'm going to look it up, and we'll discover this one together because it's 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 fascinating. Definitely, it's one of the niches stories I've heard, and it's it's wonderful. Um, okay, now, uh, is this housekeeping? No, it's not, it's just thank yous. Um, these are the emails this week. Lafon Henderson, is it Lafon? Lafon Henderson, thank you very much. Uh, Zach Bristow, Josh Hamilton, yes, I will do your wedding. I'm not a celebrant, so this bloke's um, emailed me going, hey, and I should get back to him on the email. Gee, they're building up. I've got to get back to a lot of you. Um, Josh uh, has said, are you a wedding celebrant? I'm not, but hey, I'll come and, I'll come and do it. If, if I'm around, and it's doable. Yeah, I'll come to your wedding. I'll, I'll do a little buddy, you know, I'll do a five minute routine for you, a routine. Um, Avon Fox, thank you very much for your sandwich suggestions. Um, I think that was you, yes. And a great name, by the way, Avon Fox. That's a little, it's a bit pornography and a little bit um, Israeli militia or something. Uh, Price Kennedy, I don't know what you're talking about most of the time in your messages. That Most of them look like hieroglyphics. I can't work out whether there's something going on with you emotionally or um, that you are 
you're you're writing messages to me in young speak and I'm too old to understand what you're doing. Uh, anyway, thank you very much. There's been some very interesting um, hieroglyphics that you've sent through. Thank you. James Turnbull. Yes, um, I don't know what this what you're talking about here is, but he um, he said, did I ever do something on the radio where I said I was living in a monkey? And it does sound like something I did do. And I think it was called Ponksy the Monkey. And I don't know where it is. But I remember the song, it went, Ponksy the monkey, swinging on an email, yeah. Ponksy the monkey, Ponksy the monkey. Anyway, so it was Ponksy the monkey, he was living in an email, no, swinging on an email on the moon. Um, it was about the, I think it was the history of living in a monkey. But I don't know where it is, I will look for it. Um, Tim Ayres, thank you very much. He sent me a request for an urgent dishwasher at his house. So if you can get around to um, email me back, email me. Um, if you can go around and do the dishes for Tim Ayres. Lauren, um, with the Clinton story, thank you very much. There's always, I love a Clinton story. There's always something about a Clinton, isn't there? We always had a, Clinton's just, a, there's a few names that just really lend themselves to, I guess, tragedy in a way. Russell, Clinton, uh, <laughs> do you know what I, Kevin, anyway, uh, and Sharky, thank you very much. Sharky's been uh, lovely in helping me out with uh, trying to find work situations and stuff. Because I'm really looking forward to looking for work. I'm really, really looking forward to it. I don't know where I'm going to end up with it, but it's actually a really exciting adventure to, to head, head into because I really do miss human contact. It's really interesting. Like, I mean, I don't get human contact on stage, but that's all at once. So I'm standing there talking to like 400 people at a time in a room, that's not really social interaction because it's one-sided. Unless you heckle, which I love. God, I love a heckle. Unless it's not, unless it's a real heckle and you're really angry at something. I just love them. Um, oh, geez. Oh, sorry, the phone's ringing. I'm not answering it. It's going to be someone trying to get free tickets. You're not getting it. No, no free tickets for you, buddy. Um, anyway, so uh, yes. Uh, thank you for all those emails. Please send more. Please send me emails about all your thoughts and opinions. And please send me um, any, I don't know, thoughts you've got for any deep dive topics, any funny little stories you've got. Do you know you can do like Lauren did? Lauren sends me messages, but she records them. So it's like a voice message. <gasps> That's an idea. You can email me a voice message, and if they're fun, these little stories, I'll put them in the podcast. Oh my goodness. That's a really simple thing to do as well, guys. You can just do it on your phone. Just record a phone message, put it into your email, and just send it as an email to samnichesquiches.gmail.com. Oh my goodness. That's a fun idea. You guys can contribute. Lauren, you're a gen... You didn't think of it, but I thought of it, but I put it together. Oh lordy lordy. So if you want to, you can send me a funny little audio message and I'll bloody put them in the podcast. We're creating a little community here. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's bloody good. Hey, by the way, if you're in Melbourne, get your tickets because it's going quickly. It's going... And Perth as well. Jeez, I've sold out a third of the run in Perth. So I'm playing in Subiaco. I can't remember the name of the theatre again, but it's a good one. Big theatre in Subi. And uh, it's in June. Uh, but a third of the tickets have already gone there, which is crazy. But yeah, Melbourne, get on top of it because I'll be there in about a month. And that one's selling like crazy men. I don't think crazy men sell that well, by the way. Um, but it's selling like, well, why does it have to be a hotcake? There's got to be something better. It's it's selling faster than one of those um, those little, you know, those little mesh lavender bags 
at a um, at a CWA fate. You know when you get those little you know those little lavender bags that, that Nana's put in there the top drawer of their undies drawer. It's got bits of potpourri and lavender and shit in there, and it's in a little mesh and they they tie it up with a little purple. It's always a little purple ribbon. It's selling hotter than those babies, which is probably not very hot. Um, okay, we're going to get into the deep dive in a minute. Uh, in the meantime, I'll pay you a little bit of this thing, whatever it is. I hope it's good. Zipped. Okay, quick addition here. I did find Living in a Monkey. Um, I can't remember your name. Anyway, I've, I've got Living in a Monkey here. This is me coming in at the back at, when I'm putting the podcast together. And I found Living in a Monkey. I, I realised why I didn't want to play it before because it mentions all these people at Triple J and it's very Triple J and I want Triple J to get angry at me um, for replaying my, all my... It's, it's my stuff though. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But, uh, anyway, so... And no, it doesn't have anything about Ponksy the monkey in it. So um, that whole song I sang about Ponksy the monkey swinging on an email, yeah, uh, that's not in there. But this is, there's a really funny line about throwing a rock at a rock. Anyway, um, it made me laugh. The bloody, it made me laugh. And these oh. are things at the Institute. Robbie Buck and the Top Shelf Institute presents a precise history of things with Sam Simmons. The history, the history of living, of living in, a, in monkey. a monkey. Hi, I'm Sam Simmons from New Music That's Triple J's Top Shelf with Robbie Buck's Precise History of Things segment. I didn't always want to do things like just making weird noises alone in my bedroom with Patricia. One song ago before I started working at New Music That's Triple J's Top Shelf with Robbie Buck's Precise History of Things segment, I lived on the fringe of a rainforest in Eastern Africa where I lived inside a monkey. Sam Simmons, I'm mentally deficient and I live inside a monkey. The other monkeys would mock. Yes, come on in. There's plenty of room inside this monkey. This monkey smells weird. Yeah, it's the inside of a monkey. Hey, what are you doing? I'm shaving the monkey. Why? So I can send him to school disguised as a boy. Yeah, but now he just looks like one of those kids with that aging disease. That makes Sam sad. Oh. Oh. What's the matter? I just swallowed a moth. Well, what did it taste like? Kind of like a flying pube. Yeah, I know what you mean. Once upon a time, I saw a pube on the bus. Way to make things awkward in a monkey, Patricia. Okay, well, let's ditch this ape. Yeah, let's chuck rocks at other rocks. And so Sam and Patricia went down to the jetty to look at the jetty to find some rocks. What are you doing now? I'm narrating the story. That's just stupid. Said Patricia. Stop it. No, said Sam, rather sexily. You're not sexily. Am R2. R2D2, cash register noise microwave. R2. Is that you? No, that's a microwave. Wow, my two-minute pancreas must be ready. Quick, Patricia, back inside the monkey. Gee, it's hot in this monkey. Yeah, I love it in a monkey. Night-night. R2-D2? Is that you? I'm trying to sleep in a monkey! Sorry. Top shelf. I fall in love. <laughs> Righty-ho, so this is my deep dive for this week. This one's great. This is the story of the Birdman of Kurong. So it's the Birdman of the Coorong. So this is uh, apparently South Australia's only genuine bushranger that roamed the Coorong on an ostrich. I'm not joking. This is a real story. This is insane. How is this not a movie? I cannot believe... The story I'm about to tell you is ridiculous. So maybe some of you are across it, but I just... Look, if I haven't heard of it and I'm from Adelaide, I don't know how... No one knows, unless you're from Adelaide. And you're more, you know, you're across your bush range. This is insane. So here we go. Right. John Francis P. 
Pegotti, or Pegotti, Pegotti, was born in County Limerick in 1864. Another Irishman, Ned, he was an Irishman, wasn't he? Uh, if you don't know what a bushranger is uh, and you're overseas, bushrangers were basically our cowboys or outlaws in the Wild West. What do you call those guys uh, in the, the, the bad ones? Anyway, so but, well, bushrangers used to rob people. Um, our famous one in Australia is Ned Kelly. We have a tradition of this kind of stuff where um, we celebrate they're our underclass because we are an underclass and anyway it doesn't matter um chopper the whole lot um great film if you're overseas you do you want a slice of australia watch chopper um anyway so john francis Peggotty was born in county limerick in 1864 he was born a tiny baby well they're most mostly tiny and grew to be a very small adult with childlike features this is so good so he's a little tiny fella so i know this little part of the backstory um obviously some type of congenital thing and uh, hasn't grown properly. Uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, can I point to an example of someone like that apart from Webster? Oh God, what an old reference that is. Or that, that kid from um, Different Strokes, Gary Cole. <laughs> so Gary, Gary Cole on an ostrich. He was a little guy. Um, so I don't think it's dwarfism. Uh, I a Shetland person, we'll call him a Shetland person, but that's probably very, um, that's quite insulting. Uh, little people. I know little people. What what do people like to be called of small stature? I don't know. Anyway, so here we go. Uh, here, here it is. So he was born small and grew up to be... He looked about the size of a seven-year-old boy. Anyway, for, for reasons unclear, John travelled to South Africa in his late teens. I do know why, because his family moved there. Um, so I'm filling in the gaps here. Where he learned to manage and ride ostriches. Okay? So this is where it happened. He became an ostrich jockey in South Africa because of his, uh, his size and stature. So he learned how to train ostriches and rah, rah, rah. Anyway, with the stature of a seven-year-old child riding atop an ostrich, he was really, really good. It was no effort for him or the bird. On his return to England, Peggotty became a thief with a difference. Being so small, um, he used to climb down chimneys. So he was a chimney sweep, um, and then he'd like sneak in and get some jewelry. But this is the thing, he used to dress up, he'd dress up in the ladies' clothes um, of the manor and take their jewelry. So. Yeah, little, little fella dressing up in ladies' clothes, stealing jewellery, rides ostriches. This is getting better and better and better. Okay, being so small, yes, he scampered down chimneys of the wealthy and stole jewellery, gold. Uh, eventually his trade caught up with him as he had a tendency to flaunt his winnings by draping the load over his body and parading around half naked. Oh my goodness, this guy. This movie. Oh, this movie. Anyway, uh, it is noted that there were wild ostriches in the Coorong area. Um, this is back in, um, in South Australia, just to set this up for you. So, several farms in the Lakes region had bred them to harvest their feathers up until the late 1960s, early 1970s, maybe even later. They were still found feral in the Narung Peninsula and Coorong. There you go. Anyway, after a relatively short prison sentence, he decided to travel to Australia to live with his uncle, uh, who was farming in New South Wales. But he was not inclined to work on the farm and was caught adorning himself with his wife's jewellery on more than one occasion. So obviously his uncle's walked in and gone, hey, what are you doing? Hey, stop mucking around in there. What are you doing? Get out of me bloody wife's clothes, John. Uh, so he was like, all right, I'm getting out of here. So he uh, fled New South Wales to Adelaide to join a friend, but soon slipped into the old trade of thieving with a gang of likely lads, most of whom were caught by the police. So Peggotty laid low for a few years. He eventually turned up again in the Coorong. He was labelled the most eccentric bush ranger in the history of Australia as he was often seen stripped to the waist and wearing stole golden jewellery whilst brandishing two ornamental pistols riding an ostrich. <laughs> Fuck! You can't make it up! You just can't make it up! How is this not 
a huge thing. Anyway, Peggotty was credited with more than a dozen holdups and murders of several travellers in the area before his career ended in September of 1899. A fisherman by the name of Henry Carmichael was less than impressed by being held up by the diminutive jewelry-laden ostrich rider and gave chase on his horse. He was a crack shot and had a long-range rifle which wounded the rider and killed the ostrich. So obviously John's found an ostrich in the Coorong and trained it. Like, hey, get over here, I know how to handle ostriches, let me on your back. All right, off we go. I hope he had a, ca a catch cry. He needed to say something really, oh, this is wonderful. How would you cast this film? I'm thinking something like Michael Fassbender and then you use some type of CG element, CGI element to shrink him, to make him look smaller. And I know that like there's a massive push at the moment. Use someone, a short stature actor to play that character. But and I think it's better if you shrink a normal size one. It would be funnier. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so by the time Carmichael reached the, uh, the ostrich corpse, uh, the wounded Peggotty had scampered off, leaving a thick trail of blood in the sand. He made it to a thick scrubland, so Carmichael was not willing to pursue the armed man undercover. Peggotty had at least two bullets in his body and was bleeding profusely. Carmichael knew that he would perish in the sand hills of Coorong, so he departed to report his impending death to authorities. Peggotty's body was never found. Oh, his body's still lying the Coorong, along with at least $1 million worth of gold and jewellery? What the fuck? That is the... I'm just clapping myself here. This this podcast, this Nisha's key should not be interesting. These pod, these to, these um topics just should not be that good. That was sensational. Oh my goodness! How do we make this movie? I've got to, I've got to get into this. I don't know who to contact. I know there's people who listen to this podcast who are who who can make dreams come true. That is uh oh my word. What a wonderful, wonderful story. There you go. That's the Birdman of the Coorong. What a sensational story. I know some prick um, comedian's going to nick that idea off me and turn it into something. That is uh, just sensational. I'm, I, I need to breathe for a minute. Hang on. Man, it's good to breathe. Remember that... Um, God, I mean, I'm not going to be one of those people who quote Simpsons episodes, but it's one of those things that just goes around and around and around and around in my head when Homer sticks his head up out of a car and yells out, Man, the air feels good on my neck! Because there's a trip wire across anyway, and he misses it. <laughs> so stupid. Anywho, I hope you have a wonderful week. And if you're in Adelaide or surrounding Melbourne and Sydney, no, Melbourne and Perth, I've got some shows coming up for you. Uh, I'll probably, it'll be touring everywhere. And I really want to get to the UK this year. Any UK producers listening, bloody shout out, or not shout out, bloody hit me up. Hit me up. Bloody don't hit me. Stop beating me. Stop hitting me, you UK producer. Um, if you're a UK producer and you'd like to, you, you'll make money off me. I bloody sell lots of tickets over there. Uh, message me, samnichesquiches@gmail.com, because you know I've got to the age now. Like you know, I'm, I'm a middle-aged man, so I'm not a commodity anymore. Even though lots of people come to the show, still I'm a bloody not a commodity. You can hear me, bloody. Here you go. I'll do some AM, ASMR for you. I'm, I'm drinking a little bit of soda water. Here we go. That's why I'm burping. Um, anyway, uh, b -b 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 by the way, soda water really bad for your teeth, apparently. So I only have it when I'm... Um, I really love soda water. I love it, but I, I try not to have uh, a lot of it. But yeah, it corrodes your teeth. There you go. So don't do that. 
is another thing you can't have. I mean, what is going? What is with everything? Now it's frying pans as well, like Teflon frying pans. Don't do that. Um, heating up stuff in plastic. Don't do that. There's just all this stuff you can't, buddy. I want to be a renegade. You know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to bloody. I'm going to rub my glands, my testicles, on a Teflon, on a warm Teflon um, frying pan. That's what I'm, I'm not going to do that. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. Anyway, look, look after yourselves this week. Be kind. Remember, just be kind. That's the only thing I can say to you. You, no, you never regret being kind. Just be a nice person. Uh, forgive. God damn it, I'm turning into a god boy. Um, you know, if an indigenous person throws a rock at you when you're on a scooter, don't worry about it. Buddy, don't get stressed about it. Just, buddy, accept it, move on, you know. And, uh, yeah, do something good. Do something kind. Love your bloody... Love your... Don't love your asshole neighbour too much. Don't give them... You don't... I'll forgive the guy that threw a rock at me. Not my prick of a neighbour. Anyway. <laughs> Have a wonderful week. I'll speak to you next week. Love you. Bye. Oh, get on Patreon if you want. There's tea towels going around. Tea towels. <laughs>